This episode is supported by Manscaped. Manscaped have kindly agreed to continue sponsoring the podcast from the 1st of February to the 28th of February. Between these dates, you can use our promo code GTM to receive 20% off all products and free worldwide shipping. If you've not heard of Manscaped before, they're now the leading company in male grooming. Their products range from face razors to nose trimmers and their famous lawnmower 3.0, which is a product specifically designed for in and around your nether regions, so you no longer have to worry about snagging the bag. As a listener of Go In The Match, you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with our promo code GTM. Head over to www.manscaped.com to have a look at all their range of products to grab yourself an absolute bargain. Welcome back to the Go In The Match podcast. Today I'm joined by Luke and Michael, both are Match Go In Everton fans and the hosts of the 10th Pint podcast. Lads, thanks for giving me time today and coming to the podcast. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. You say Match Go, not anymore. that's got got us all stumped now hasn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so uh, I want you to take us back to your childhoods uh, growing up being Blues where where he was born and how did your love for Everton begin Um, Luke if we start with you first please mate well um, like obviously like from Liverpool and that but um, my dad's actually um, from Cardiff so he moved here and that, and like where he was from, he, was, he sort of didn't really follow like a team that much. He sort of followed Swansea, but like it's not actually in Cardiff where he's from. It's, it's like a little village called like Triadis. So it's 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 more of a rugby like sort of place than that than like a football town. But like obviously, like he met me mum when he's moved to Liverpool, and he just like his finger was mate. His mate was actually Dutch. It was like it sounds this sounds proper bizarre like I did international, but. <laughs> His his mate was actually um, Dutch, and um, but, <laughs> yeah, his mate was Dutch. So eventually, he was like, "Do you want to come to the Everton game with me?" So he ended up going to the Everton game with him. And then since that, he's just supported Everton. So like all the rest of my family are Reds and that from Liverpool. Just me and my dad, but well, I don't know if it's a good option or not. But <laughs> I thought we already chose. You know what I mean? <laughs> Born not manufactured. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael, what about yourself? Um, so yeah, so my dad, my dad's a blue like, so I got it from him. But it's quite funny with my dad. So he started going the year after Everton last won the league. So he's a bit of a jinx, really. <laughs> so since he like he started going then, and then it, it's funny because really, I'm my dad's up because my dad got with my mum a few years after Everton last won the trophy. So I say, I say to my dad, he's gonna have to get this with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I make a difference anyway, but um, yeah, just just from my dad. So. I'd, I think I've been had a season here since it was about 11, 12. I think it was when, when I stopped playing football myself because you get to Sunday league, don't you? Yeah. Everyone becomes faster in the Hanars. That slow centre half <laughs> who had a bit of weight on them. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I stopped playing, so I replaced that with going the game. So, I think my first season was as a season ticket holder was Martinez's first season. Mm. And that first season has been the best one since. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All been downhill from there. But yeah, that's how I got into it. And that. So, do you remember like going to like his first games and going to Goodison Park for the first time? Any memories you've got? Um, uh, do you want to go first, Luke? That's you. Do you want to go? Nah, you go. <laughs> My first game was um, Blackburn at home in um, the FA Cup, and we actually got to be 4-1. I remember Morton Gams Pedersen scoring. I was only about five or six, and like, yeah, started. You scored the goal. Blood? I don't know. You'll probably know who scored. Don't I you? know. Andy Johnson pen knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember the first win as well. Um, the first win was actually against them. Um, I, I don't know. No, it wouldn't have been the Invincibles team. It was two years, three years after that. Because it was that 0-3-0-4. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would have been. That was the Invincibles, yeah. Well, I think I started going 05, 06. And um, when I was like five, but it, James BC scored. I think it, what, it was 1 11. That was my first win I ever seen, yeah. That took you a couple of years to get a first win then. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first game I went to was a um, League Cup one. I think that's a lot of people's first game, in it? A game in the League Cup, because, you know, you get a lower side, like opposition, and you win. I think my first one was Luton at home. <laughs> but my, like, my first proper like memory was um, we drew 1 1 against United. I think it was 08 09. I can remember being sat like, I was sat lower bullying, so that's quite close to the pitch at Goodison. And I can remember, have you ever seen that tackle where Phil Neville sticks in a properly bad challenge of Ronaldo? Yeah, I've seen a few clips on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, that, that's like my first memory. Like, like everyone pure, like, it was a proper, like, nasty challenge when I was rolling around. And I'm like, get up, we didn't touch you. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of my first ones. So, who were your sort of, like, heroes growing up then, going down to Goodison? Who was you, like, most excited to see? For, for me, it was probably, like, I won't say it's the greatest sort of player, but Tim Kyle, like, he was definitely, like... Mm. My favourite player, just he just ran off passion really, and he was good for the goal as well. So I'd say him, Arteta was probably one for us, wasn't it, Luke? Yeah, Kale was the one where he like even when, like obviously in the derby, he'd score a lot, and like he, you can tell he cared, he like he loved Everton and that. He was he, he was a proper Everton player, mm. like got yeah. stuck in, you know what I mean? But like I'm trying to think, Arteta, yeah, but then. He's left and he's gone to Arsenal and he's sort of just like shunned Everton now. There's not like... Hmm. So, Andy Johnson, I, I don't know if this is a bit of a myth just because of a kid. I used to think he was scored all the time. But I think you told me a stat, didn't you be from that? He, what was the stat that like how many goals he scored for us? I think, I think he scored like, I think it was like 20 and 70 or something like that. It was like a one and three. Like, <laughs> But I, I was imagining he was scoring like 30 goals a season <laughs> as a kid. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I love I love Lukaku. I mean, he's probably the best player we've seen, isn't he? Luke? Hates, doesn't he? Nah. No, um... no, no, no. <laughs> so when when did you boys start going to the matches together then? No, no. I I well, <laughs> funny on this. So when I started going, I went on my own, and then me I went and started going with my dad. And then after Everton got beat at Wembley by Man United, he he said that's it. I'm not going again. He hasn't been since. Really, but. <laughs> Yeah, so I started going with another one of our mates called Tom, and um, he, he missed the deadline to renew his season ticket one year by like a week. <laughs> so, no, I, I'm stuck on my own now. But it's funny, I always tell you, don't I, Luke? I sit next to some lads, and I literally know everything about them. Like, I speak to them every week. I, I don't know everything apart from his name. <laughs> it's mad. But that sort of thing that probably does happen on a match day, though, when you go... Yeah, the ground. You see the same sort of people, but you don't like have a name to a face sort of thing. It's pretty mad, really, when you think about it. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Luke, you you don't have a season ticket, do you? No more, because you work weekends and that, don't you? It's exposing me, yeah. <laughs> nah, um, I started going with my dad as I said before, and um, so like we used to go to like a lot of the home games to like where it got to a point when it was about like thirteen, fourteen. I had a season ticket for two or three years, but then like. Obviously, I used to make cricket as well. So, at that point, like, that was getting quite, like, not serious, but I was playing, like, Saturdays and Sundays, and obviously, with cricket, it's it all day, isn't it, most yeah, of the yeah. time? So, I probably stopped going more then, and then, I don't know, I'm trying to think, when when did we start going on the... Like, my dad took me to a few away games, like, he took me to, like, the old Saturdays, like, you know, the big ones. Mm. 
and like obviously Wembley as well. Um, but then like when did we become mates, Beef? So me and Luke sort of became mates after school. So the first away game we went on was a pre-season game against Blackburn where we got beat three and zero. That was the summer of 2018. So me and Luke sort of started going quite a few away games from then. Weren't it? We were going quite like, before lockdown, like last season. We have been like most last season. Some good memories, like, but here's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> and it well, like obviously you're touching on away days and stuff there now. Is there any like particular like, grounds you've enjoyed going to or like ones that stand out? Oh, see, like this one will sound dead bizarre, but I proper love Watford away. Yeah, so proper, like, it's because there's a there's like a there's a good away boozer there, and it's like it's it's dead good for the away fans. But we've been twice, haven't we? So the first time we got beat one 0 that, that was, was the last two years time. ago today, though. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was. And then um, the second one we went on was last season when we won three two. We were two 0 down. We scored last minute and won. So I'd say that's okay. probably like one of our. That's probably the best one we've had, isn't it? One hundred percent. Yeah. There's a lot of bad ones though. How many have you seen you about two wins? Well, you've seen three wins because I've also not yet because you went to Cardiff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw something like, you went to actually as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's sometimes the ones where you get beat. It's a laugh no matter what. You know what I mean? The last one we went on was in our last game before this lockdown. We got beat four 0 by Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing though. I think that's a sort of like common thing that all the fans I've had on the podcast have got. Like sometimes the ninety minutes just gets in the way, doesn't it? And just like. Going on the aisle and the train to some random place, and then even if you do get beat, like the whole day yeah. just makes it, doesn't it? Yeah, sometimes the match gets in the way. You just want to cut you on. <laughs> what other what other time do you get to start getting on the aisle with your mates at six o'clock in the morning? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's the best. It's the best of times. Like, but in terms of like the best grounds we've been to, I'd say I'd say Watford is good. But I, I thought. I don't know. I don't really like the Emirates. What did you reckon on that, Luke, when we went to the Emirates? We saw how nice the ground is or how enjoyable Yeah, yeah. Either or. What, what, your whole, the whole experience. Yeah, like... I'd Arsenal, say Arsenal away was a bit of a novelty because I think it was the first, like, big... First one we done, weren't it, in the league? It was the first one we done in the league and so, like, obviously, you hear about the Emirates being this great stadium, but I we got inside and it's, like, it looks smaller than 60,000. I don't that sounds bizarre, mm-hmm. but, like... And then where else have we been? Where else? Yeah, I, I, the, the one which I proper like, I proper liked um, Southampton's one's boss because you're like behind goal. I prefer being behind goal because if you score, it's better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like other ones which which I've been to, like you've been City, haven't you? Look like you're up in the gods. So it's like it's not really like mm. you're there. But there is there is like like this season we were buzzing because like Leeds came up, and I yeah. think that would have yeah. been a boss away. Like, that was a bit boss. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially, like, I was saying this to Luke the other day, this got a bit off topic, but, like, we've had a really good away record this season. Yeah. And every time we win, 10 minutes later, you're like, it's so bittersweet because you're like, we've won, but I'm not there. I can't enjoy it. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of the people that come on the pod actually do mention doing Goodison is, like, is one of their favourite aways. And I think it's the sort of <laughs> the fans now, and it's like, you touch on like Arsenal there going the Emirates. It does feel a bit corporate sometimes. And like going to yeah. the, like just the nostalgic sort of your goodisons. People mention Fulham as well. Like a hot like a more of a hostile ground yeah. away all around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say like I definitely prefer like the more like 
old-fashioned ones. You know what I mean? Like, I still haven't done Aston Villa. That's probably one of the ones which you want to do the most. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've done Palace, though. And... Oh, <laughs> you can't I... see the pitch. <laughs> just, you may as well not be there. Like, we were... We the were cold, we were the back row, like touching the wall at the back, and you're like you're looking to see the ball goes in the air. You can't see anything. It's just like <laughs> I enjoy. I enjoy, that's another one which I enjoy though because there's, there's a good away booze there. Like there's a, like a, the best example I can give Brighton's ground. It's like it's like on the side of a motorway in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's there's bad, like, isn't it? Yeah, there's like there's no pubs by it, nothing to go to beforehand. I know. <laughs> to be fair, every time I come on this pod, talk about away, so it's about doing Burnley and that away, that away. Uh, the away pubs and the cricket ground, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, one sport to another. It's mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a mate who's a Liverpool fan, and he, he couldn't get it. Well, he never had a ticket for Burnley last year. Uh, he said that someone, someone tried climbing on the roof of some cricket ground by the <laughs> to try and see the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> just jib it and go in. <laughs> yeah, he, he said there was like loads of fans there, though. Do you know, never had tickets. You went down just to go that cricket ground for the piss up. Like talking about away games and stuff there, and obviously Everton were in Europe in Europa League and doing those sort of Euro aways not long mm. ago. And is is it obviously like you boys being from the city and you obviously see Liverpool in the Champions League and we get a go to like, mm. obviously lucky enough to go to these grounds. Are you boys sort of relishing Everton getting back into Europe and do you can do those European aways and like get some more memories and stories and stuff? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I hope we get it this season. Like, obviously, it's tight near the top up there. Do you know what I mean? But I'd be, I'd be gutted if we, let's say, we got it this season and the next year you can't go. Mm. But it, it won't be bossed, though, because, like, you'll have to, like, it just looks bossed, you know, being in the sun. You can have your shorts on over there in the winter. Do you know what I mean? I, I think with that, like, obviously, like, I don't know, you can just, like, being a Liverpool fan, you know you're sort of going to be in Europe every season. But yeah. with us, it's like, say, say if you get past, say if you get um, PSG or Barca or Bremen's in the group stage, you, you know the chances are every season Liverpool are going to play a massive team away from home. But yeah. with us, say if we got someone, even in the Europa League, say we got someone like AC Milan in Europa League, in Europa League that'd be like massive, that'd be like sort mm-hmm. of, could be like a once in a generation or a lifetime thing for us. Yeah, definitely. So I think- like, I think- we probably take we like you say there. We probably take it for granted because, like you say, we probably expect to be in it. So you boys will probably enjoy it more. Yeah. What I was going to ask was um a, a bit of a random one to be honest. So it was quite interesting getting your thoughts on this. When when you see like reds and blues mixing the stands in in like Derby Day back in the day, does that sort of that rivalry that was feel a bit more intense now? Because like you don't see that anymore. You don't see. Whereas before you'd see a couple of reds at Goodison and you'd probably see the odd blue on the cop and stuff. Is that something yeah, I, that you think it's like, is that intensity you've got more rival in the last couple of years? Um, well, speaking from like me, me dad, my dad's like been on field a few times and like the home end and that, like in derbies and like 80s, 90s, whereas now you couldn't do that. Do you know what I mean? So I can't really say too much because I, like our whole lifetime, really, it's it's, it's been bad. Like, honey, I think I, I think social media. You know. I reckon social media has made it like much more intense than that because you can't get away from it. Whereas, like years ago, you could. Do you know what I mean? Last time, like last time we won on Anfield in '99, before we were born. <laughs> um, <laughs> my my dad was actually like in the cop with me uncle who's a red, and like 
I don't think that I don't actually think the rivalries intensify whatsoever. I just think it's more you see more of it because social media, Liverpool get beat. You probably get Everton fans out like having a go and then vice versa of Everton get beat and that. I think that's what it is. Like a lot of the stuff that's being said on social media wouldn't what you wouldn't say to a fan in person. Also, I think these fan channels, like I'm not saying they're all bad, like you get good ones, but some of them like thrive off like like that Arsenal fan TV, for example. Yeah. I think secretly deep down, they thrive off Arsenal being bad. Oh, definitely. Mm. I, I just think all that just too much. The match go with the like the, the actual match going culture of like, oh, you go to the pub before, like you go to the match, you see your mates. It's that that's not it's becoming further, further away from that. And it's all about the social media banter and all that. It's just a bit the way it's going, it's not like it. Yeah, it's toxic, isn't it? Like you talk on like the match day and stuff, then obviously in COVID now, we can't go to the matches. How much are you use, like missing that whole match day experience of like, the social element of it? Oh, big time, definitely. Big time. It's like it's just not the same though. No. Like even if you even if you win, it's like yeah, like I'm happy for like 10 or 15 minutes afterwards and then it's forgotten about then. It is, isn't if, it? if you get if you get a big win at home or something, you go to the, you go to the pub with your mates for like a few hours after it and enjoy it. But I, I, yeah, it's just yeah. But what you were saying, Luke, about like them fan channels and that. I I actually think in like John terms like Everton's fan channel like that Toffee TV, yeah. I actually think that one's like br- brilliant for it because they don't really do like do you know, like the fan cams and that. Whereas yeah. do you know, like Arsenal fan TV, like I think they're looking for that like that thumbnail that title. Do you know what I mean? Like the Arsenal fan TV that sort of like I seen someone tweet this the other day like years ago. Like fans would go back and watch match of the day for someone's reaction. Do you know, it's like, let's say Shearer's reaction of Newcastle get beat or Martin Keogh's of Arsenal get beat. Yeah. Whereas now, fans fans are seeing Arsenal get beat, beat waiting for like Mr. DT's reaction or Troops' reaction. There's no swearing and all that. But it's just, it's not what football's about, that though, is it? Like, you speak to like the older generation and you tell them that sort of what's going on on a match day, that it, there's nothing wrong with interviewing a fan. But it, you need to give a balance. You need to give one fan as this opinion. Not everyone jumping around, shouting at someone. Like, it's just like, it's bizarre if you think about it. It's cringeworthy. It's just for the views and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's like modern day footy. And like, I've said it a million times on here. It's almost turned into like those sort of channels. Like, and social media can be toxic, but it's almost a necessary evil for some people, isn't it? Like, mm. you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion and free to express it. But like, like you say there, the manner and the way some people do it, it takes away from that match day culture. It's kind of gone now. It's sad, really, to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, not laugh. So, you so, wouldn't have that many people, really. Sorry, you wouldn't have that many people giving their opinion. If you everyone was sat in the ground, not everyone would be giving that opinion. Or if they are, it's more of a balance because you don't want to seem like just an idiot, do you? But then on social media, there's not really any, like, deterrence, is there? You can say what you want. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? From the outside looking in, I always feel like there's a, like a, you know, I'm not trying to be biased or anything here about Everton and Liverpool because I just think there's a bit of a, a lack of belief in the club to like overcome certain targets. You know, like start of the season when obviously you boys want to get into the top four or go on a cup run and sort of end that trophy drought and you know get over get that monkey off the back sort of thing. Is that is that something that's become like really frustrating for you boys? I know like you're doing really well now, but like in like the last maybe five or six seasons or since Mishiri's come in and he's brought the money in, but you've not been able to like get over that hurdle. Has that been quite frustrating for you as fans? 
Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. It's just like a lot of things went wrong early on with that Mashiri takeover. So like we had Kuman come in and we had Steve Walsh come in as our director of football and they they pissed about two hundred million up the wall. And I, I still think like we're still recovering from that now. Like we've only just loaned out Yannick Balassi, who we paid twenty five million for. Like a lot of things go wrong in that, but it is a mentality which does need to change. Like, I use this example a lot. Like, we haven't beat Liverpool since 2010. Uh, yeah, during that time, we've played City sides and beat, beat them, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, who at, at them times have had better sides than Liverpool, I'd say, at certain points. Yeah, we've beat them at home. Don't get me wrong, our way records at like, the top six sort of clubs is shite. But it's just, I'd say, against Liverpool, definitely, it's a mentality thing. Also in cups as well, like... Certain games you got, you go into it and you're expecting, you're expecting what you're expecting. Like, I won't say like, I'd say it's getting better now because I'd say Ancelotti's a winner. Like he's, he's won trophies and that. But like in the past, I'd say that's one thing we've really lacked is like winners in the club. I agree. It's like you've got great servants to the club. You've got like obviously Leighton Baines is just retired, and then you've got like Jagielka. Even to, even to an extent like Tim Cale, all them type players, James Coleman still playing now. None of them have won a trophy between them at Everton. None of them have won an Anfield for Everton. So it's like, yeah, the great terms to the club, but there's, there's not been any legends, in my opinion. Mm. Like in the last well, so, so many years, 20 odd years, but it's like, it, it is, I think it's a mentality thing. Mm. Like if you, even like now we've won a top in the way this season, you've got a good result at United, but like, We've had draws and we've had a win against United in the last 10 years anyway. It's just, it's getting over that head. Like, things like, we are good enough to go and, like, go go to Anfield and have a go rather than let just contain Liverpool, like, or let just contain Man City or whatever. Yeah. The thing yeah, I like this with the mentality is that 2012, the semi final, the FA in the FA Cup, I always come back to that in my head and think, well, only because. Yous were a much better team than that us then. Yous were like higher in the league. You had a better start in 11, better squad. Yous were obviously a lot more confident. I think for that game, we had almost had our third choice keeper in net. And I always think, yeah. I think if you, the mentality was on show for that game because yous were a better team. You should have won it. But because it was Liverpool. But how, how do you think that you can overcome that? Like, What do you reckon? It, do you reckon Ancelotti will make a massive difference to that? I'd say so far, he has already because like, for example, Leeds the other day when we won there, I think we have won once in our last 38 games there or something silly. And obviously we beat Tottenham away for the first time since Oasis. Mm-hmm. And like he's, he's picked up a few results which we wouldn't have picked up and picked up in the, like in previous seasons. But I'd say the only way you can do it is if you do win at them places, is if we do win at Anfield to get that like to get that monkey off our off our shoulders or off our back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always get that one confused, but <laughs> Like I, th- I think, I think let's say like, obviously we've got a tough game tomorrow against Tottenham. Like that could ver- that could go either way really. But like you've got to go and win that cup to get that like mentality instilled in the players and that. Like you look at a club like Leicester, like they won the league the other year. They're gonna have like more, like they probably have a better winners mentality than us. It's a culture, isn't it, in the club? It's like mm. I think it comes from youth level. Well, well. We always seem to do well with under tw- under 23s and that type of thing. Like, I think I think the other season, like a few seasons ago, we won the under 23 league with losing two games and we lost both them games against Liverpool. 
Yeah. And, and it, it's just five a story about that 2012 um, semi final, actually. Um, my dad, my, my uncle, and his mate, and my cousin are all season ticket holders at Liverpool. And we like, we ended up getting one ticket in the Everton end for my dad. But my uncle's mate never went. So we had a ticket in the Liverpool end. So obviously, like, there's only 11 or 12. So I thought, like, I'll be all, do you know what I mean? No one's going to have a go at you, kids. But so I thought, do I want to go? Because if we lose here, it's going to be horrible. It's going to make, make it worse to back them in Liverpool's end, isn't it? So I ended up going. And obviously, like, we, we scored first. Jelovic scored, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And um, obviously it was great in that. But then, like, obviously we had the Suarez, we had the distant back pass, which I've never forgiven for. And then um, <laughs> we had um, Andy Carroll's flick off his ponytail to lays on, didn't you, to win? And I was, I was just crying my eyes out. Yeah. At the end, I was, I'd obviously I had to stay in the Liverpool end. All the Everton fans are gone. You never walk alone, on. And it's just oh, it's one of the worst experience I've had like in a football ground. If not my life, like. <laughs> Just touching back on Mishiv, he's obviously brought the money in. Something that I wasn't even going to say this, but it's kind of just coming to my head now that he's obviously invested a lot of money in separate managers. And you look how well Moyes did with no money. How would you say, you know, Mishiv would have done with Moyes together? Do you reckon Yuzu probably would have cup? Or obviously because he was getting um, into champions, you know, he was pushing on Champions League spots when he had no money. So what could have done with money? I'd say for, for me, like just touching on that semi-final, it just summaries up. I, I personally, for me, I don't think he ever would have won anything for us. Like maybe, it maybe early on if he had money, we probably would have finished in the top four a few more times. John, like between like two thousand and six to like two thousand and ten. But with Mercedes' money, I, I like he's just he's just not a winner. Boys, like that just get that game just summed him up, just summed him up completely. He's like about Moyes, you say, like, yeah, he was great with no money, but then he's went to Man United and not like he hasn't achieved anything there with money, has he? Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's went to like, where else did he go? Real Saucy. He's just one of them managers where I think he's good to like have a regimented team, like, organized. You can take it to the level, can he? Like, a consistent level. Yeah, he's a like, sort of glass ceiling with him in a way. Yeah, yeah, sometimes like, with him having lesser funds, he finds a gem for a small amount of money, doesn't he? Yeah, like, it looks like he's doing a good job at West Ham. But for me, like I think the same problems are creeping there. Like at Everton, we were always like a striker away from something. Like you look at West Ham this season. Antonio's their only fit striker. If he gets injured, like what are they gonna do then? He's just all he's Moyes is just one big if buts and babies. He's just always like the bridesmaid and not the bride, isn't he? Yeah, 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 but like, yeah, after that semi final, he was never going to win. I think, do you know what I mean? So, obviously, you boys got Ancelotti at the helm now. So, isn't it exciting, exciting time to be a blue? And what are you sort of optimistic for for the future? I'd say for the short term this season, like, I'm, I'm hoping we do get Europe. Like, I reckon yeah. we'll probably, if I had to guess now, I reckon we'll probably finish between 60 to 65 points. And I reckon that'll probably get us anywhere between. Eighth to, I can't see it getting top four, like eighth to fifth. So if we get Europa League for next season, that'd be great. But I just seeing where he can kick on with like this group of players, because obviously we've got Calvin Lewin and he's came on a lot of like he's came on so much since he's joined. And like, you've got loads of young players there like Ben Godfrey, um, Mason Holgate, and then you just yeah, and Richarlison as well. It's like you want to see what he can do with these players in the short term. I just want to get Europe this season, hopefully, but it might be a like 
it might be a blessing if we don't, because we don't have the biggest of squads, and in the summer yeah. you can go and invest again. But at the same time, in the summer, if you don't have Europe, you can't attract these better players. Yeah. And if we don't get Europe this season, I, 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 personally, I reckon if we don't get Europe, I think for Charleston, I'll probably leave. Although he's not, he, he's had quite a poor season so far with Charleston. And I think other players, like, if we don't get it soon, like, you've got to get it to keep these players. Do you think, though, like, Europa League actually really attracts players? Because, like, half the time you're playing the second string squad anyway, and you're saving the best players for the league. Obviously, if you win it, you get the you get the Champions League, don't you? But like the chances of us winning the Europa League, I think, be slim because some with some of the teams that drop into that out out, out the group stage of the Champions League are ridiculous. Like, I think Dortmund, Dortmund in it last year. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, you might, like yeah. To be fair, you might be right there, like. But I still think I'd have some sort of pull with a player, like. I don't know. I think I'd still have a bit of a pull, like European football, and that. But you know, I know what you're saying. I think the pull of Ancelotti himself is more of a pull than having another manager but being in Europe, personally. Yeah, maybe so. That's not a bad shout, to be fair. So, obviously, he's expecting to have a new ground the next couple of years as well and, you know, eventually be leaving Goodison. Is that something you're looking mm-hmm. forward to? Because if I kind of put myself in, in your shoes, you know, I'd, I'd be, the only thing I'd be worried about is that you looked at likes of West Ham's and Arsenal that we were talking about before and, you see how they struggle with their atmosphere and these sort of new grounds and the new type of grounds they've got now. Is are you looking forward to it, or is that a little bit of a worry in the back of your mind? Um, I'd I'd say yeah, it's a bit of a worry. I think if we if we're moving, we've got to do it right in terms of that, like do you know, like sections of the ground, like the Gladys Street, and um, like the Bullens, the Paddock, and Park End. Mm. I think you've got to sort of label the stands the same so people can still sit around the people who they've sat by for years. Because, like, for example, on the Gladys Street, there could be lads who only know each other from the match who've sat by each other for the last 10, 15 years. You know what I mean? So if that was to happen, it's got to be done right. I'd, like, I am, I will be sad to leave, though, because it's all, it's all we've known, really. And, like, you know all the pubs around there? Like, mm. like before the match, when I was younger, like, both me, both me Nan and me Nan and Granddad lived by, right by the grounds and that. So, I don't know, I'll be, I'll be sad to see it go, like, but... It depends when it, this move happens because of COVID and that. It sort of like it sort of went right back on the back burner. Like, there hasn't really been much else announced about the ground lately. Like, I, I don't think there's been a brick laid in all honesty. Not that I'm like surveying the site every day, but <laughs> you don't hear much about it. Apparently, was it supposed to be opening in 2021 or 2022 originally? I think it was 2023. I think there was rumours ages ago of like the Commonwealth Games in 2022, and I think it's 2023. To thinking of doing it, but I think they need to put some sort of plan and permission forwards, and that was meant to happen in the summer. I think I might be wrong though, but I don't think that's happened because of COVID and stuff like that. I but, just think like, I don't really want to leave Goodison. I don't I, like really 40,000 at Goodison. Um, that's gonna be what's it gonna be 50,000, 49, something like that. The new stadium, I think that's 51. I think it was 51. Eight seven eight. So I was like, I think that's what it was. I don't think that makes much of a difference, really. So, because uh, I don't personally, I don't think we'd sell out fifty thousand every week. I don't know if you disagree I, with me there. I, I just, I think, I think in the Premier League games we would, you know, maybe not like Wednesday, Wednesday night. You've got West Brom at home, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's freezing down on the docks as well, and um, well, but 
uh, I, it will be sad to leave Goodison. I wish they could build on Goodison, but I think like because it's impossible, so, isn't it? Like hard, so close to it. Like I don't think you, you could actually do it, but I think it There's has to the as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You have the Gladys next to it, so it's like you could you couldn't build on it. Whereas with this new one, maybe you could. How how will that sort of like change your boys' match day experience in terms of like pubs you'd go to? Because I kind of look at it and think they're gonna have to build obviously a lot of pubs in and around there. I mean, like, I think it's a great thing, but like, even as a Liverpool fan, I think it's great for the city, you know, the regeneration it's going to do and jobs it's going to bring in. I think it's great, but how will that change like your whole experience? Will it not really change it much? Um, I, th- I think it will quite a bit because I think it'll be the train station we'll get off at will be Sandhills, won't it, Luke? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think it will be Sandhills. Oh, they're going to build a new one, but right now it'll be Sandhills, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, it is, it is quite far, like, it's too far away from all the pubs which you would go to before the game by Goodison, so it will change it completely, like. The things about them pubs around Goodison and even the local businesses are, like, on a match day, that's probably their main revenue. And, yeah. like, like, the area as it is, like, you know what I mean? It's not the richest of, like, areas either, so I think the football club sort of, like, is a big thing for the city and, like, that smaller community around the grounds and, like, in general, I think also you've got them pubs, them pubs, people have been, you've got stories of like how I remember Howard Kendall and Peter Reed come out of the um, Wimslow pub just outside the ground once. And like, it was like a surreal experience, like looking at them thinking they just come out that old pub. Yeah. But I think a, a lot of the pubs have a lot of history in them. If you look on the walls, like people have been in them pubs after we've won the league and, and won FA Cups and not recently, but like back in the day and stuff. But I think if you if you're building new bars, probably like a new a new thing. There's no history there. It's gonna be all like it's gonna be all modern and like it's not. It's gonna be like going on a night out and going to fussy rather than we're going to fussy and that's part of the routine. Yeah, it's a big change, isn't it? That's always what something I was really happy that Liverpool didn't leave Anfield and yeah, they've built on it and like you say, they probably couldn't have done that at Goodison, but you know, it, it is a big. A big change for the whole football club, the way you experience the match, going to the matches, and even the away fans coming to you. And you know, something I've always people always take the piss out of Liverpool, saying that you know, come downfield's a bit of a myth and the atmosphere and everything like that. And maybe a half twelve Burnley on a Sunday kickoff, maybe it is. But you know, I always take pride out of the games where you know the night games where the atmosphere is amazing and the away fans do come and they've got a good experience of coming to Anfield because they want to come to Anfield and. People obviously want to come to Goodison and that's something that as a home fan you probably take a lot of pride of as well, isn't it? Mm, definitely. I think the whole like tightness of the pitch at Goodison is like, uh, it's not like obviously you have that cliche of a 12-man type thing, but some games it is like, especially against the bigger teams at home, your top six teams, like the crowd, it is like it's tight, it's, it probably is intimidating for the waysides and stuff, but I think with modern stadiums you can build them as like, you can build them as similar as you want. Mm. But, like, for Spurs Stadium, like, it is, like, it's not far from the pitch, and you know, it doesn't look it. But it's still, I don't think Spurs is, like, it's not as intimidating as what it was going to, like, the original White Hart Lane or West Ham, like, the bowling ground. Or Goodison, for example. Just, it's a proper purpose-built football ground. And I think, like, that's what we're losing, isn't it? Yeah, that, mm-hmm. play, that plays into your hands, you know, how hostile it is, doesn't it? So, obviously, you've got your own podcast, the uh, 10th Pint Podcast, and I'm... Um, not just saying this because you boys obviously not now, but you know, it is something I do listen to quite religiously because 
you know, what I enjoy about it is you obviously get stories of different people in the city and, you know, you get musicians, UFC fighters, boxers, and you tell those stories just like they are, you know, the people you, and yeah. you, you don't, uh, you don't hold up on, you know, he's quite blunt with them and to try and get that story out of them. And I think that's something that I really enjoy listening to. And, but what I was interested in getting your thoughts on was, you know, what made you boys set that up and inspired you to do it? Um, it was it was sort of lockdown, weren't it? It was sort of like, so I said, I was sort of bored in my face, weren't it, Luke? And then I'd say, well, once we started, like, I think you've probably found this yourself, you start really getting into it. Mm. Like, start becoming quite passionate about it and that. And then me and Luke are both, like, really into, like, music, aren't we? Like, the local bands yeah. especially. And so I think, well, funny enough, the first band we had on was from outside of the film, weren't they? Like, from Lee, which is near Wigan. Yeah, and then once, yeah, and then once we had had them on, I think we were just like, yeah, we can get bands on this. We can do really do something with it. And then I'd say, like, I'd say with it, like, going to the studio, that was down to you, really, weren't it? Sorting the studio on, I'd say. That, like, took us, was... I'd say, like, going to the studio sort of took us to, like, I'm not saying we're massive or not, but it took us to, like, Definitely. A new sort of level of doing it in terms of like audio quality and stuff like that. Because we were like on Zoom, it's all right, but the old app we used to use, what was it called? We used to use Anchor, like, but it used to like, we, we had an interview with him, like, you might know him, Andrew Cushion. He's doing well now for himself, love from Newcastle. And it, at the time, like, it, it was quite a big interview for us because like he'd worked with Noel Gallagher and stuff. So obviously, like we're like banging to Oasis and like Noel and Liam and stuff. So we interviewed him, and then we listened back to it after it. And he was answering questions before we like actually asked the question because it was like out of sync because of the internet. So then we thought, like, if I'm gonna get anywhere with this, we sort of because we didn't know how the, the Zoom and that worked like mm-hmm. at that point. So so then we went to the studio with like obviously Jazz Dickens. And um, we, we didn't really think it was going to be like a permanent thing going to the studio. We just thought we'd try it, didn't we? But the more and more we've done it, I think, like, it's not, it's not about views or money or anything. It's about like, saying, like, how I've spoke to that person. Like, when we go to a gig or, like, like go to a fight or something like that, it's like how I've spoke to him. Do you know what I mean? It, it makes it more, like, personal. And, like, we always say, like, support your local. And that type of thing. I think a lot of people say it, but don't actually ever follow through with it. But, like, we try and get the stories from, like, people from, like, people like us, lads like us, or, like, girls, like, like from around where we're from or whatever. Yeah, I'd say, like, I'd say, like, I just want to get to the point where we we can really help, like, local, like, mu- like musicians and stuff like that, like, really help from their stuff and then benefit from us helping them. So, I think, do you know what I mean? I want to get to the point where, like, I can share some, like, we can share someone's song and that really helps them out. And stuff like that because, like, in Liverpool at the minute, like the music scene there, it's like it, it, it's really good. And, like, so, like, obviously, me and Luke don't play a guitar, but we still want to be part of it, don't we? So, like, yeah, we that, can't sing, we can't play an instrument, so that's our aim part. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, like, or, like, even, like, help, like, a boxer or, like, a UF, like, or, like, MMA fighter, like, sort of, like, get recognition for, like, what they're doing. Whereas, like, I don't really think, like, there was never really like, like I might be wrong, but there weren't really much out there for like the local bands as such. Like obviously they like like stuff like this feelings like great for local band like great for bands and that like helping them up. But like in terms of, like very locally like there weren't really like there was no one doing a podcast or like really pushing for it. Whereas 
I think we've tried our best, haven't we, to like sort of bring it to people's help. attention about yeah. how good it is. I think a lot of the podcasts, like, like I'm not like discrediting these podcasts, but like I love, I listen to James English, watch him religiously, like, but a lot of the big podcasts at this moment of time is like true crime. I, I think it gets a bit much sometimes, and like. Obviously, like this podcast is football and like listening to stuff about sports and music's a bit more light-hearted, isn't it? Rather than listening to like stories about crime constantly. Like yeah. it has its time and its place. But like, you know what I mean? You don't want to be listening to a crime podcast about like people dying and all that. If you've had a bad day, you might want to listen to like I listen to a, like, a podcast called The Fight Disciples, like a boxing one. But that's like part of my sort of routine on a Monday. And so like, you feel like you know them a bit. Something, something you was obviously saying there about like how you've got to do in the podcast because of like your love for music and stuff. How much when you look at it, obviously not being able to go to the matches now, but when you when we were able to go, does music play into uh, into the match day culture? Because I think music and footy kind of go hand in hand, really, don't they? When you you just don't realise it. Yeah, that de- like definitely like I've noticed it a lot more since we started doing it. Do you know, like. Um, like football clubs still putting up like the match day playlists so like fans can go and listen to that I'd say like it, it is good because like you look at like every musician like the big ones the always see like you know what football club you support don't you like Oasis like you know like Nolan Lane supports Man City like obviously like you've got Ian Brown like he's a massive United fan and he, you see like Stone Roses things on the, on the ground like yeah it's just it is it is a big part like it's good as well isn't it yeah, like he's he smashed it on you. Know, like, obviously, like before, like we knew of him, didn't we? Because of like Liverpool, like he's done Liverpool stuff and that. And obviously, like that's not going to interest us, but like he's he's like properly smashed it now, you know, with his own stuff and all that. Like, for me, for me, his album, um, We Get By Last Year was probably like the best album of the year, where it looks like me and you love it, don't we? We love it, but like it's not just the music, but like, yeah, you can sing about these songs and that, but like. As a person, when you've met him and you look at him on social media, he backs them songs up. Like, he's singing about working class life and stuff, but, like, he hasn't lost himself because he's had success. Like, he's still the same person that he's, he was before. Like, mm. you can tell he cares about his actual mates and the people around him, not just people that have, like, sort of jumped on him, the bandwagon. Any listeners haven't got on that already, go over to the 10th Pine podcast and, you know, obviously you boys on the podcast, but he's on YouTube as well, aren't you? So, any listeners that are on on listening now, you know, go over to you boys and follow you on the socials as well, because it is a it is a belter, to be fair. Yeah, nice So, finally, the podcast is centred around going the match. So, of every podcast we're doing, I want to end by asking, what are your top three favourite matches you've been to or seen? Ah. <laughs> well, that's a tough one, that, you know. Being you, can go first. Yeah, you can do a stand yeah, go on through five if you want. <laughs> Athens 2007. Um, <laughs> no, um, this is, might be a weird one, but one of my favourite ones was free all at home against United. Mm-hmm. You know the scorers, obviously, won't you be from the year? If you want to fill us in, Tina, Arteta, and Kale, 2010, that was. <laughs> yeah, we think we were three ones on, we were all five minutes to go. Yeah. United were like winning the league around that time, and like with Fergie and that, so that was quite a big one. The best, probably my top three have been to. Off the top of my head, would be we beat Arsenal 3 0 in 13 14. And at that current stage, that took us to um, that took us to fourth place in the league. And then obviously, we never got it, but at the time, it felt like a big deal winning that game. Another one I can think of was in um, Middlesbrough in the cup 
in 2009 when we eventually got to the final. That's the quarterfinals. And that was, that was like the first, like, that was like, that was a big deal at the time because that was our first time getting back to Wembley since, like, in the first time in 14 years that was at the time. So I can remember that one well. I'd say that was probably up there. And, like, in terms of, like, recently, I'd probably say, well, for the way, when we won 3-2, just because, like, I was, we were there with my mates. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's, yeah. like, that one stands out to me. But, yeah, they're the top three I've been to. But in terms of, like, watched on the telly and that, the one which always stands out to me is one of the best which I've watched was, um, do you want to name Chelsea through 2-2 of Barcelona? Yeah. Where, um, to get to the final. Like, I can remember that. I can remember for watching that match or... The Jonas City one when Aguero scored, I'd say that one's probably the best match I've like watched on the telly. Do you know what I mean? I'd say, I'd say, I'd I'd say Watford's probably number one for me as well. Mm. I don't want to, I don't, I'd, I forgot about Middlesbrough. I don't want to copy it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, Watford City at home when you beat them four 0 in Guardiola's first season. Mm. And then jib that United one. But forget that three three. Actually, we can't sell it at the door, can we? <laughs> um, Third, mm. FA Cup quarters against Chelsea would be one for you, won't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, mm. Chelsea 2 0. That actually is probably number one. We'll give that number one, Watford 2, and City at home, number three. No wins against Liverpool, so we wouldn't be in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a belt of a way to uh, finish the podcast talking about not getting beat by the Reds. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> before you go, boys, just a massive thank you for giving me time and coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much for having us. Yeah, thanks very much. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, yeah. If you enjoyed that episode and want to keep notified for future episodes, please make sure you subscribe, follow and share. And of course, leave us a five-star rating. You can now follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, all at Go In The Match to keep updated for future episodes and updates on the podcast.